0: all right well welcome everyone thank you so much for joining me this is Alliant Health Solutions and we're going to be doing a podcast today we'll talk a little bit about uh position and team burnout and we'll talk a little bit about resiliency and what our teams out there have been doing to stay strong and get through these COVID times. So I'll start with just introducing myself and then I'll ask my teammates to introduce themselves. My name is Susanna Alfonso. I go by Susie. I'm the chief medical officer at Alliant Health Solutions for Medicaid Management Services. And I do my clinical time at an academic health institution here in the Atlanta area.
1: And I'm Dr. Diane Bennett Johnson. I've also been at Alliant for about eight or nine years now as a medical director, and I'm in private practice in a suburb in the Atlanta area. Dr. Bedoya, do you wanna go next?
2: Sure. Uh, I'm Demian Bedoya. Uh, I'm uh, part of the medical directors. I practice emergency medicine. Uh, I've been with Alliance for the last year, uh, and and I also teach at Mercer University as an assistant professor.
0: Great. Thanks, Dr. Rask.
3: Hi, I'm Kimberly Rask, go by Kim, and I'm a general internist, uh, chief data officer at Alliant, and I had already given up my clinical practice before COVID hit, but I have had the opportunity to experience it as an administrator working with some primary care physicians, as the wife of an interventional radiologist who still goes in and does clinical work in the hospital setting, and as the mom of a pediatric intern who has been learning medicine in a really challenging environment.
2: Yes,
0: my goodness. Those are really interesting perspectives. So thanks for being with us today. I just wanna start by um, talking a little bit about the topic of burnout, the topic of physician and I call it physician and team burnout has been around for a long time. Um, The name was coined back in the seventies and it basically is um, Sort of hallmarked by a few things, but one is exhaustion. Uh, physicians and teams become exhausted with their, with their clinical practice. Um, there is also what's termed depersonalization, and when we talk about that, what we really talk about is sort of a lack of compassion or perceived compassion. Um, providers and physicians become so Uh, physically, emotionally, mentally exhausted, that it translates into uh, lack of compassion at times. And unfortunately, um, it can also lead to um, difficulties with memory, difficulties with recall, and medical errors. So burnout is a very dangerous um, entity that we really have to do our best to fight against. And it's one that um, has not been all that much Uh, recognized more so in the last five or six years, I would say, Um, but it's been around for quite a long time. And the physician community and the provider community is especially prone to burnout. And there's a couple of reasons for that. A little bit of that goes back to our training. We are trained very much as individualists, and we are trained also to never show weakness. So the idea that I'm struggling is one that physicians in particular have a bit of a difficult time with. Um, As a previous administrator in an academic health institution, um, I saw this very commonly. um, And the way we would see it would be two ways, either a medical error or patient satisfaction scores would start to go down in someone who had previously been outstanding. So physician and team burnout is is real and it's dangerous and um, it is has gotten worse. Um, As our COVID pandemic hit, as you can imagine, it took um, already strained health systems and um, and healthcare providers and put a bit more strain on them. So um, I'd like to give each of my colleagues um, an opportunity to tell us a little bit about um, what they saw in terms of COVID and how their teams had to react quickly. Um, We have Three very different perspectives um, represented. So I'd ask Dr. Bedoya. He is on the front lines in the emergency uh, medicine department, and I'd like to ask him to go first.
2: Well, it's it's been incredibly interesting in terms of it's it, like you said it, it's been a process of adaptation at every level. Um, so the way the pandemic kind of developed in, uh, the first thing that we'd noticed in the emergency department was actually like a decrease uh, on patient influx, which put immediate pressure on on, patient, on on the jobs of people. A lot of people, a lot of PAs, a lot of scheduling issues, we couldn't get, we didn't have patients to see. Uh, but then that all changed, right? That, that the wave started coming and we had to adapt in terms of what do we do uh, when you have an overcrowded ER? What do you do when you have an overcrowded system? And it was very, it, for me personally, I feel like it almost was surreal, right? Like uh, I didn't, I, I don't think at this point I even know I've processed it. There were times that during the pandemic when my family, when my wife, when when my kids, when I kind of looked at them and I don't see the changes in myself. I see how everyone is behaving around me, and then I go, "Well, is it them or is it me? Is it?" And that's kind of when I've one of the things that I've learned about the whole thing. Uh, a lot of these changes happen almost unconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I've learned to look at other people and see how they are behaving, uh, and ask myself, is it me? (laughs) Is it me? Is there something changing in me, uh, that is affecting them and then try to manage that. Yeah. That's, that's the big takeaway from, from burnout during the pandemic. Again, in emergency medicine, burnout is a constant thing though. So it's such a prevalent issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, that I've been thinking of burnout way before COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: you bring up some really interesting points, and I think one of the things that that you brought up early in in your comments was that, and it's so true, is that so often we who are getting burned out don't realize it, and we don't really realize to the extent that either the circumstance, like the COVID pandemic, or the sort of normal operation of being a physician in a busy practice with a lot of uncertainty and a lot of demands on our time is taking on us until we see it reflected in the people around us. So that's a really interesting point because I think that's one of the primary issues is that the person who's getting burned out oftentimes doesn't realize it until someone something happens, unfortunately, Um, whether it's, a medical error or or something else that happens. Um, and and that's one of the one of the problems. Our our natural instinct in many cases as physicians, when things get tough, is to put our heads down and just work harder. Um, and of course that's not a good strategy for burnout. And you mentioned a few strategies and we'll get back to those because I'm going to go back and ask everybody what they've done themselves or what their teams have done to fight burnout. Um, Dr. Bennett Johnson, do you want to talk a little bit about your team and how your team pivoted with COVID and and what that looked like? And
1: Well, um, as you pointed out about our personalities and individuality, et cetera, I am in private practice, so it was me. And I was very much aware of being captain of the ship, which I had been for decades, but this was different in that people that work with me and for me were having even their relatives call to, what did Dr. Johnson say? Because that's who I trust. Because you've been with her for 10, 12 years. So I know whatever she says, I'll do. And it was like, what about Dr. Fauci? Can we all listen to him first? <laughs> so um, one of the things I did, I had to get up at five o'clock in the morning anyway. First thing is, what am I looking? Coronavirus, Georgia. Then it's coronavirus, period, news. So it was legislation. It was, what is the CDC saying? What's going on with the stats here? Um, Part of my taking care of my staff was, okay, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg to get the PPE that I know I want and need. eBay helped me plug eBay. Yes. To get the real N95s, to get um, hand sanitizer, all of the things that were in such short supply at the beginning, thank you, eBay, but it was that kind of thing. So of course, when the staff came in, they knew number one, I'm on it because if they asked me, I already know everything because I I beef up on it a couple of times a day. And PPE, plentiful, it cost an arm, you guys know, it cost an arm and a leg initially, people were hoarding, et cetera, but they knew when they came to work, they felt safer and I was very good about I'm going out to the car to talk to this person. And they knew why, because I have to decide, am I going to allow that person into this safe environment that's the office? So I had to protect the staff and any random person who's coming in by, okay, we're going to have to screen. I may have to go out there. Or um, thank goodness for doxy.me, which I will also plug free telehealth, that I was able to handle a lot of things. Um, without being in person. So I think in terms of individuality, general, internal medicine, et cetera, it was about that control of knowing at least in my, you know, 2000 square feet, it was a safe place for everyone. So in addition to
0: being an internist, you became an expert in epidemiology and infection control and supply chain management.
1: Definitely. I see.
0: Well, that's, that's, I'm sure that wasn't stressful at all on top
1: of your regular... So it did help to be in control. Because I I think I'd rather it be me. Okay, what if I you say, okay, okay. well, CDC is kind of contradicting them. Aren't they? Or are they? You know, that kind of thing. And doing my own research. So it did help me. And I might have succeeded a little bit too well since (laughs) it was hard for me to get even my own staff to get the um, um, immunization. Because aren't we fine? No, we're not fine. We still need the shots. So Dr. Rass, give
0: us your perspective as a, as a mom, as a, as a spouse and as an administrator, I know you all did tremendous work um, for nursing
3: homes, for hospitals. Right. Changed. Yeah. So I think, you know, you've, you've. Touched on, I think you've all touched on the issues of very common experience of what happened in an environment like COVID. And in some ways, that as you mentioned, it's not that it's that different. It's not that stress hasn't been in medicine. It's that this is a particularly stressful time. I think the other thing that I would bring in is also recognizing during this time, a lot of the social justice concerns were playing out at the same time that COVID is playing out. And for a lot of the faculty that I work with who are physicians of color, um, it was a double stressor. Uh, It it really felt like the world is is just coming down on their shoulders all at one time. And they're worried about PPE. They're worried about going home to their families. Um, Some of the physicians that I worked with that are of Asian ethnicity had uncomfortable encounters with patients. not with staff, but often with patients and then even making a difficult time even more difficult. So really, I think um, one of the things that I tried to do was to be not the canary in the coal mine, but someone similar, paying attention to how people are doing and asking a lot of questions, not asking, how are you doing? Because a doc will always say, okay, good, fine. Under the circumstances, given what's going on, and instead, I would try and, and act be a little bit more probing. So what was clinic like today? What was the mood like? And then you'd kind of hear so-and-so's on edge, so-and-so's depressed, someone isn't able to come in. Um, and then when you kind of hear a little more about what's going on, then you can kind of figure out where there are places to step in. Um, and as a family member, I also found that to be very useful because everybody's, mood and resilience and ability to deal with what was going on changed from month to month, you know, good news, bad news. It's flaring in New York city. Now it's flaring in Atlanta. So it wasn't consistent. It was an ebb and flow. And so the folks as my family members that had to be on the front line with that, they could be fine at a particular time, need some extra help at another time. And um, we're still in there. And i sort of treating this as this is going to be ongoing, but I think the good news side of it is all of these skills, paying attention to how you're doing, paying attention to the things that are really important to you and the people who are important to you. Hey, these are great skills for living a wonderful life with or without COVID. So it's not that we have to learn something special to do during a COVID epidemic, but this is a reminder, focus on what's important. Focus on what gives you strength, gives you comfort. Take care of yourself and take care of those around you. And bringing that meaning into what you do just makes it all worthwhile and helps you get up the next day.
0: And this concludes part one of our Alliant Physician Roundtable conversation. Tune into our next episode for part two and the conclusion of our conversation around physician wellness and resilience advice for peers. Yeah. Mm-hmm.